My name's Carl Hinder, and you're listening to the Good To Go podcast. The business podcast for salon and spa owners who are trying to grow. The only thing stopping you is you. Are younger employees entitled? Welcome to episode seven. This week, I'm going to take a look at the entitled culture, how it shows up in your workforce, how it shows up in the workplace. I'm going to take a look if it really exists or whether employers just don't understand. So let's start with what entitlement really is. What does to be entitled really mean? And we're going to use a dictionary version of this, if you like. So entitled simply means that you have a right to do or have something. Now, these rights are usually afforded to you or backed up in law. So those things could be human rights. They could be things like you have a right to food or drink or shelter. You have a right to safety, education, and probably health care. You may not have a right to something like a big color television or an Xbox or a thousand pound iPhone. So those are probably not rights unless, of course, they have been bequested to you, you know, through inheritance or something like that. And again, that means that it is backed up in law. So the standard meaning of entitled is pretty straightforward, but the problem comes when we try to reassign the, the meaning or we try to reassign it for ourselves. When people say that, you know, I deserve it, they, they're using the word entitled and they say, I deserve it. I'm entitled to that, but I'm entitled to it because I've always had it. I've always had it, therefore I'm entitled to it. Or maybe their friends or someone else has it and they think, well, I should have it too. If they've got it, I'm entitled to the same. I think it starts to stand out. It stands out in the workplace and it stands out in society when, you know, people have a sense that others owe them something, such as, you know, their friends owe them something or family, uh, society, or, or in our case, and for the podcast, the employer. And often people believe they're special, you know, <laughs> special cases, and they deserve special treatments and special entitlements, and that's how they perceive their lives. However, in the workplace, we know that employees do have some entitlements. You know, they have entitlements maybe to holidays and fair pay and good working conditions and all that sort of stuff. What they don't have an entitlement to is, I don't know, £50 an hour for their first job or, you know, manager within a fortnight or your own salon in a month or cutting a in the first two weeks of your apprenticeship. And that is where the focus becomes. And it's this point that I think we have the misunderstanding. This is the point where the different generations don't understand the true meaning of entitlement. From my experience, from things that I see every day and every week in salons, mainly in the UK, the people coming into the industry, this is not everyone, of course, but by and large, the people coming into the industry don't see eye to eye or they're a, a generation apart from the current management. You know, the current generation, there's not been much hardship for them by and large. You know, there's never been any kind of shortage of food or anything like that. They've always had money. They haven't had to work for their pocket money. Lots of people haven't even had a Saturday job. Everything is provided for them. And I think it's because of that. We hear employers saying things like, you know, the um, employees are 
I don't know, narcissistic or lazy or selfish or, you know, things along those lines. And what I'm trying to do with this podcast is really establish whether these things are true. Because quite often, like I said, yes, I see these traits demonstrated you know, on a regular basis. So, guys, as employers, should we throw our arms up in the air and just accept that this is how it is? Okay, and these guys will never make really good employees. Or should we try? Should we try and understand? Should we see how this happened? And shall we work out or should we work out how we manage it? For me, I really think that we should be in a, a position where we you know, start by trying to understand it. So I want to work on like four areas with you. In no particular order, I know you're not making uh, notes, guys. Most of you aren't. But try and keep these in your mind. I'm putting the parenting education system into one area, maybe technology into another, the environment stroke job that you know these guys end up in, and I want to talk to you about people who are impatient or impatience. So let's have a touch on this um, parenting to start with, because these guys have been brought up. You know, we are mainly talking about millennials, which is kind of, I think, anyone from about 1984 onwards. But um, maybe we're even talking a younger generation than that now when we start talking about buzzwords like entitlement. But, you know, for the last, what, 20, 30 years We've been talking, you know, as parents, we, we tell all of our kids, you know, how special they are, you know, and they can have anything they want in life. We tell them that. Come on, guys, you can have anything you want in life. And I know that we see, you know, life through a, a different perspective than they do. But you're really, you're really not helping, are you, when you're a parent and you're setting that up. We tell them that they can have anything that they want. And that's the problem. That's part of the problem when we got the parenting. And we can look at the schools as well. This is now an old kind of adage. But, you know, you've seen it for years where we were giving medals away at school for, you know, running a competitions, but not for winning or second or third, but for all positions and for last. And hey, that's another podcast when we start talking about what happens when you reward losers. Because these guys are going to end up in your workplace. You know, let's move on. I mentioned technology a little bit. And I said to you guys, what about technology? What about things like social media? You know, social media filters the world for these people. Some of these guys have only been brought up with this, or it's been like 50% of their life. And we literally have filters on social media. They make the world look different. And that means very often that the images... And, you know, the, the lifestyles and all that, that sort of thing is it's fake, right? That's what they're coming up with. Now, I did say about being impatient, and I don't mean you guys. I mean the attitude. And I think this isn't a generational thing. I think we've all become a little bit like this. So instant gratification. The instant world is almost everywhere we look now. And it's only getting even more instant uh, if that's a if that's a thing I can say, what we're doing is we can have instant food, can't we? We can have microwaves, and I know they've been around a long time, but there's microwave food and there's dried food and there's um, takeaways delivered to your door in seconds, and supermarkets deliver things for you. And of course, you know the big elephant in the room when we talk about instant gratification are companies like Amazon. 
Sometimes you can order something and have it delivered the same day. Usually it's the next day. It's, it's almost instant all the time. And then they meet you. They meet you in the workplace. And what happens? All they do is display everything they've learned, right? And to be honest with you, when you analyze it like that, I find it really, really hard to see what these guys have done wrong. They've been brought up by their parents. They've had technology. They are schools. Instant gratification. Everything is there for them. No hardship. No difficulty. Money on tap. They turn up at your business and we start the challenge and then it becomes more difficult. So now they are about to find out that most of their values don't apply to the business world or don't apply to the workplace. And they certainly, you know, there's, there's certainly a difficulty around the salon environment. I mean, one of the big things, and I dwelled on it for a moment or two, was the gratification. Because, you know, becoming a hairdresser, barber, therapist, clinician, all that sort of stuff, there's nothing instant about that. It's long, hard graft, learning your trade, learning your profession. You know, you can't do it in two weeks. You can't instantly, you know, attain that skill. It's it's more than difficult. You know, it's, it's nigh on impossible to attain any standard uh, in the manner that they're accustomed to. And so, and I'm pausing, these are slow pauses because I want you to ponder this. And so really, their learning begins. But I also think this is where your learning begins. Because they can't do it alone. They need you and they need you to be a different kind of boss. Because if you stay as you are, if you were at the beginning of this podcast and you was kind of in agreement with me, yes, they are difficult people and yes, they're entitled and they're ungrateful. Well, I was acknowledging that as well. And I'm come to a point in the podcast so far where I've acknowledged that there's a reason that they are like that. However, I'm guessing that some of you at this point are thinking, Carl, why are you defending them? And honestly, guys, I promise you, I'm not. I'm appreciating the situation because this type of person or this type of behavior from, from any generation, to be honest with you, is highly, highly frustrating. And to be honest with you, they're the opposite of me. You know, I'm not a millennial and nor do I feel entitled to anything that I haven't worked extremely hard for. So, I'm not saying that these guys are right. I'm saying we have to look at things differently. And it certainly takes a little bit of practice. So, before the podcast, I thought, right, I'll do a bit of research. So, I asked my 14-year-old son. I said, why are you all like that? And he told me, he said, Dad, I, I'm not like that. He said, he said, I've worked for all my stuff. By the way, he's 14 years old. He said, I've worked for all my stuff. You know, he's got, um, you know, a mountain bike, his Xbox, lots and lots of his stuff. And to be fair to him, he does. And he's got this little Thursday night job, uh, picking up Skittles. He works in the garden. And yes, I, I know I'm paying him, but he does, you know, a good lot of work. He sells things on eBay. My stuff sometimes, I you know, so we haven't got the full cycle there. But he's not lazy. And, you know, he has to do all the selling, he has to do all the communication, he has to do all the posting. It's good business principles, it's good values, if you like. Now, him and his sister have been brought up like that. And he said, to be honest with you, Dad, 
if everyone in my classroom was made to go to work tomorrow, I would make more money than all of them, he said, because I know what I have to do. I know of the, the skills and the values that I've got to apply. And of course, that probably demonstrates just as much about me as it does about him. And if there are people out there with that kind of parental guidance, then it's not going to be a generational thing. But if there aren't people guiding them, then unfortunately, it's going to end up back with us, you know, the salon owners. So we're in a situation where we have thousands, maybe millions of workers. Now, do you think that we are going to be able to change them all? Or do you think it would be more practical to change your approach? That doesn't mean, and I haven't said that you should accept all of the entitled attitudes, the laziness, you know, all their misgivings. What I'm saying is, should you try and understand them and then maybe understand yourself or change yourself a little bit? You see, we might agree with some things that they want to say. They have a different perspective to us. You know, we hear about the three-day working week and flexible hours and, you know, maybe less targets or lower targets, you know, to reduce stress. There might be principles that you agree with, but we also know that those things don't currently work in our world, in our ideal world, um, in salons at the moment. And they're unlikely to change in the salon unless other things change because it's the client decides how the business is run. They do. They dictate it in their behavior. They demand it even if you don't realize it. So it's not, you know, on the employee to make the changes. It's on the client to demand something different. And the same with economics. You know, how much money a business has to generate is, a, a, is an economic one. So we can't just decide that we'll no longer do something. We can't just act on ideals we have to act on, you know, economics. We have to act on good business sense. So unless the clients change or the, um, you know, principles of economy change, then we've really got to remodel, readjust what we have. But the new generation are not going to be able to dictate it in, in isolation. I believe that we could do better. I think we could do better to understand the young workers. So these people are not restricted in their thought process. They're not restricted in their thinking. To them, everything is possible. They just don't understand the process. Whilst, for you, it's the other way around. You understand the current process, but don't believe that everything is possible. You see, they believe everything is possible, and you don't believe that everything is possible. So it's kind of a meeting of minds. That's what we've got to get to if we're going to have a successful business. You see, as an employer, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to decide whether the younger generation are doomed. And to be honest with you, if you believe that, if they're all doomed, then we're all doomed. You know, you're doomed. Your business isn't going to survive on the basis of older generations. Because as I explained last week, in last week's episode about downsizing, people are going to still come into the industry and make a lot of money. So you leave in the industry, or maybe on protest or because you've given up or you're frustrated, doesn't mean the industry is going to get any smaller or any weaker or people are not going to make 
any money. So look, let's be sure. The younger generation don't have everything wrong because, you know, to work less for more money, as an example, to me, that seems like a great aspiration. Even our GPs, you know, in our, our doctors and our surgeries seem to be going down to a three-day week. But you can't just do it. Your business model needs a review. You know, you've got to adjust the changes. You can't just accept an ideal. You know, they can't be done in isolation. So, you know, let's say you want to change hours because you like the principle of a, a three-day week or something like that. You know, you've got to combine that with probably taking on even more staff. you probably got to change some of your service and you almost certainly have got to change your prices and that changes the whole face of our industry. So to me, the attitude of youth is more naive and immature as you would expect. Yet I believe employers have to adapt. We all have to adapt. But that doesn't mean that you have to give in to the imbalance between progress and reality. And that's all from me this week. Thank you for joining me for Are Younger Employees Entitled on the Salon Help Good To Go podcast. If you need help with this or any other coaching issues, please drop me a line on info at salon-help.co.uk. Now, next week, I'll be talking to you about my new up-and-coming recruitment challenge. So don't forget to drop into the podcast notes for great links. You can also leave me a review and subscribe so you don't miss anything on the Salon Help Good To Go podcast. I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode.